Hello there. Welcome. Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. This is Marco Sparks. Today we're talking about S02E25. Unmasked. Yes. This is a big episode. Yes. A will be unmasked. Spoilers. This is the episode that we have just been dying to get to. Mm-hmm. Since season two started, this is what we've been dying to get to. Yeah, this is a wonderful episode. One of my favorite of the show. I know I said that a lot, but um, we've, we've been building to this moment for two seasons. We're going to find out who A is. Mm-hmm. And uh, because this episode's so insane and crazy, we have once again not broken it down by character because there's just too much shit going on. <laughs> yes, it's so, so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's beautiful. So we open breaking news on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's been a week since Garrett Reynolds arrest. He's pleading not guilty. That's right. And the cops working theory is that he became a cop to destroy evidence linking him to the Allison de Laurentiis murder, which is kind of true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the girls are in Spencer's kitchen. They just watched this news report. They're pondering, like, can they finally put, you know, Allison to rest? Mm-hmm. To which Hannah suggests, or is it two down, two to go? Mm-hmm. And they, they've they learned from Spencer's mom's connections that Jenna thing is the one who gave the cops page five back to the, the police. Mm-hmm. So two down, two to go. What what does it all mean? Like, are they done? Is A behind them? Well, and Hannah's laying out her theory that they still don't really know what the fuck is going on at the NAT club. Mm-hmm. That Melissa and Jenna were in that room, were in Allison's room that night. So they're definitely guilty of something. And then fucking Melissa is standing right there. <laughs> Melissa appears and she says, love gone wrong. And they're just like, nah, you know. <laughs> but by the way, they're all eating some Froyo right now, all the liars. Yeah. Uh, and Melissa's like, I knew Ian didn't kill Allie. And you girls, like, uh, you don't have the constitution for murder. Like, you can keep a secret, but you don't have the constitution for murder. Right. Yeah. And then she looks over at stunned Arya and she says, are you going to eat that? And Arya's like, ooh. And so Melissa reaches over and, like, grabs Arya's froyo. Like a boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a master intimidation move here. Uh, this is this has been done a lot. The thing that immediately came to my mind is uh, Jules in Pulp Fiction when he eats a guy's hamburger. Yeah. Like, it's it's that move. It's like, I know you're frightened of me, so I'm going to, like, I'm just going to eat your food. I'm going to take it from you and eat it in front of you. I mean, if Melissa had said to Arya, say what again, motherfucker, I would have, <laughs> I would have came in my pants. Um, well, and she's like, she's like, just deliciously, seductively uh, eating that Froyo, which she announces as toffee and how she loves it. <laughs> And they're all just like staring in shock, like, oh my god, what is happening? Well, first she's, she mentions that, you know, she knew how Jenna Marshall went blind, and Garrett knew too. And mm-hmm. she says, you know, if he killed Allison, it's because he thought she deserved it, which is a pretty cold-blooded fucking line to say. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, mmm, is this peanut butter? And Arya's just like, uh, it's toffee. And Melissa's like, it's good. Thanks. Laters. And she walks <laughs> off with the fucking fro-yo. <laughs> the girls just, you know, mouse open, like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. Melissa just waltzed in, admitted to some, like, weird, creepy shit, and then just waltzed right off with Arya's Froyo. Yeah, you know, Arya's just like, I didn't even get a fucking bite of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, once Melissa's gone, they get a text from A. You still have something that belongs to me, bring it, or one of you leaves in a body bag. 
I like how Arya suddenly, like, she's all nervous. Like, very suspiciously so. She's like, oh, body bags, what the hell, guys? Yeah, yeah, she's like, I don't know about you guys, but A, talking about body bags makes me very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't worry, Arya, you don't need to sell it. They bought it. Yeah. But Hannah surmises that A must be talking about her phone, which the uh, previously on package let us know that the girls still have. Mm-hmm. And that phone is still locked up in her closet. Uh, the doorbell rings. Spencer goes off to, to see what it is. It's a messenger bringing individual invitations to all four liars to a masquerade ball the following night. Did you ever get invited to any masquerade balls when you were a teenager? No. I did not as a teenager or an adult. Uh, I'm almost kind of glad that I watched more of these shows when I was an adult because, like, you watch, like, Pure Liars, you watch The O.C., and you're like, where were all my fucking cotillions? Yeah, my my high school was bullshit, apparently. Which is one of the things I kind of loved about Buffy, which there wasn't, like, a fucking event every episode. <laughs> there wasn't some fucking charity thing or a masquerade ball or cotillion yeah. or, yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, murders and murders and monsters and mm-hmm. the apocalypse, which is really a better metaphor. Somewhere out there, high school students are apparently having all sorts of crazy social things going on that we miss out on. Fashion shows and what have you, yeah. Yeah, so the along with the invitations, a note from me says, be there when the clock, clock strikes midnight, eh? Mm-hmm. Then we get one of the greatest moments of this episode, an episode that has so many great moments. Spencer gets up, walks towards the window, kind of like looking out at the barn. Well, well somebody says A wants to play hide and seek. And yeah. then Spencer does this walking away, facing this away from the liars thing. Badass hero pose. She says, hide and seek was always my favorite game of Melissa. And she pauses. And it's almost this kind of like heartbreaking reading, like, Maybe Spencer's just uh, come to terms with the fact that Melissa might be A. But then she stops and she looks back over her shoulder at the other three girls and she says, you want to know why? Because I always won. And the liars are like, sure. (laughs) Why, Spencer? We bet you're going to tell us. Yeah. But I mean. Because Spencer always won. Well, it's like uh, for a moment there, I almost like the liars are like like their their faith has got to be momentarily restored. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. Fucking Spencer's here. Spencer will win at hide and seek. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah, that's the opening, which is amazing. That's just the opening. The next time we we see the liars, they're walking to school, and Hannah's like, "So Melissa is basically telling us she was a there, right?" <laughs> and I like Arya, Arya's issuing some wisdom here. She says, "Guys, parties and body bags go together like drinking and driving." Which uh, that's a great PSA. And then the more you know, and a little star, you know, flies across the screen. <laughs> Wow, Arya, thanks for that. Maybe she like points at the camera and winks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily brings up that it could still very well be Jenna, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Arya's wearing red boots. Of course she is. Uh, Emily says that she trusts Melissa as far as she can throw her and Ian's fetus. But let's not forget she knows about the Jenna thing. And Arya's just like, ew. Yeah, exactly. Ian's fetus? <laughs> They're like, did you have to go there? Gross, Emily. Um, then Emily says, Oh, we should mention Spencer is not here for this walk. It's Emily, Ari, and, Spen- and uh, Hannah. Then Emily says, The only person smarter than Spencer is Spencer's sister. Oh, no, no, no. You, you've got that wrong there. Yeah. Hannah says, A is all knowing, like a genius on steroids. And the only person I know that's smarter than Spencer is her sister. Hmm. And then Spencer appears and it's like, I take offense. 
Yeah. Uh, Melissa did score higher on the Wexler scale, but when you take into account my scores in the Flint Effect, combined with real-world accomplishments, the gap in our IQs is virtually non-existent. Everyone's like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, all the liars just kind of smirk at this. Ari's just like, oh boy. And then Spencer, Spencer's still like, in Spencer's mind, she is still on this like badass <laughs> kick. She's yeah. just like, I'm giving A her phone back over my dead fucking body. Yeah. I've got until midnight tomorrow to like figure out what that clue in Allie's bag is that we're supposed to be finding. And so we're all going to need to go over the, all this shit again with fresh eyes. Well, they can't do it at uh, they can't do it at Hannah's house because Ashley's still hot on the A trail. Can't do it at Spencer's because Melissa's there. Exactly. And uh, so Arya's like, "Oh, I have an idea for where to meet." But then Mona walks up just as she's saying this, so she has to like change the subject to like the masquerade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah, Arya does a quick cover of "I know where we can meet to talk about our costumes." Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mona's like, "Oh yeah, the masquerade ball." Can you believe that bitch Jenna thing is showing up? Um, blind Jenna. <laughs> yeah, blind Jenna. Mona suggested they go to a shop for costumes. It's a few towns over after school. They go there after school. She knows about it. She wants to take all the girls. Everyone else just kind of comes up with like a bullshit excuse. Like, the last person left is Hannah. Well, I like Mona's line here. She says she wouldn't have gone a week ago, but now that Jenna dumped Noel Con Man for C&I Toby. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Spencer. Je m'excuse moi pour mon mommy, my face. <laughs> Which is... Uh, Excuse me for my like low face. I believe is what that means. Um, I'm sure that it's a it's like a French expression. Silly guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Moda wants to hang out and go shopping, but like all of them like come up with like ex- increasingly shitty excuses for why. Like, yeah. like Arya's just like I uh, the bell rang. Soup, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Arya's like yeah the um, no. zoink. Yeah. And Hannah's like, oh, I'm going to be studying with Caleb later. And so Mona's like, oh, I guess I'm by myself again. Which she says to herself. Yeah, poor Mona. Yeah. Um, So after school, we are at Ezra's apartment. Yes, cut to Fitz's place. Spencer's admiring Fitz's bookshelf. It's all like Tristan and Isolde. Tristan and Isolde. (laughs) Of course he has that. What an asshole. Hannah's like bouncing on Fitz's bed for some reason. Yeah, Spencer. I, I assume the hand is doing that because she's Arya, you know. Yeah, yeah. Arya is like in the kitchen. I don't know, do, making something because she's the, the lady of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spencer, the, the mistress of the house. Yeah, Spencer, having finally delivered judgment on Ezra's shitty book collection, <laughs> says, "Fitz sure is a sucker for a tragic love story." And then turns and looks at Arya, and Arya's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I mean, never mind." I like how Emily's looking through Ezra's baby pictures. That's what Emily does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we find out from Ari that Ezra still checks in with her because, mind you, he went back to his parents' place yeah, or whatever. He's out of town right now. Everything he thought he wanted, he's lost because of her. <laughs> yeah, everything he wanted is lost because of me, Arya says, with a satisfied fucking face. Like, she- <laughs> Yeah, she does not look sad. She's like, it might really be over this time. And she does not look sad. This is maybe, what, the fourth or fifth time they've potentially broken up in season two. She's so triumphant when she says that. Yeah. Well, I feel like like Arya like, eyed Spencer a few episodes ago when Spencer was just like, oh boy, I really <laughs> fucked up Toby. And Arya's just like, hey, that should be me. Mm-hmm. She's like, I could do that. I could ruin somebody's life. Yeah. So then um, Hannah gets a text from Mona. It's a, it's a picture text of her and Caleb together that says, I spotted Caleb, so where's Hannah? Yeah, because obviously she's not studying with Caleb. And I like it's like a selfie 
Uh, it's a pretty. It's like they're actually both smiling. It's a pretty funny picture. They're like they're like cheek to cheek too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, "Where's Hannah?" Yeah, and Hannah's just like, "Ugh, great, fuck." Yeah, she's like, "Well, now Mona knows I'm lying." So then Caleb calls, and Hannah ignores that. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Well, I can't talk to him because obviously he knows I'm lying about something." Right. Um, and Hannah gets upset because she's now lying to basically everyone she knows. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know why she started lying in the first place. Spencer brings up, well, you're lying because you don't want the people you care about to end up like Dr. Sullivan. Well, this is essentially like you're lying to protect somebody. That's Spencer's excuse for everything, basically. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, she's an abusive girlfriend. And Aria, like, Hannah's like kind of like, she just like flops back and lies on uh, Ezra's bed. And Aria's like, uh, hey, Hannah, you mind? You're kind of on uh, sacred territory over there. The other three girls are like, it is. <laughs> and Arya's just like very satisfied, a little smirk. Like, mm. she almost does like a curtsy. Like, yeah. like, what a weird, shitty way to tell your <laughs> friends you lost your virginity to your creepy boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Arya sure can't keep a secret. Well, like, yeah, so Spencer tells her. I feel like Arya, like, this is the sole reason Arya brought these girls over. That is exactly the reason. Just to like show them like the puddle of like bodily fluids on the bed that Hannah's now sitting in. She could not wait. Yeah, yeah. So eventually Spencer calls us meeting in order. They start like digging through the uh the shit in the bag. She finds a pen that and has Hannah Google what's on the pen, which is Doherty's Landing. Yeah, Doherty's Landing, which turns out to be a tiny airstrip kinda out of town, mm-hmm. a few towns over. And they, they look it up. The only thing near it is Lost Woods Resort, mm-hmm. which might be related to that postcard we found because the postcard said meets thirty on it, like the half of the postcard. Mm-hmm. And they look at the Lost Woods Resort webpage, and it says where Greenview meets 30. It's like, you know, two streets crossing each other. Yeah. So uh, and Arya reminds him that, that Duncan had said that he had flown uh, uh, Alice into this, this tiny little airfield on the day she mm-hmm. disappeared. And so then they surmise that obviously Allison probably landed there, went to the Lost Woods Resort. Perhaps she's in was in room number one, because there's number one written on the back of the postcard. Mm-hmm. So, um, field trip. Time for yeah. the liars to investigate. Yeah, they're driving through, uh, I guess what is apparently a small little town called Greenview. Yeah, Forest Road. It, they're not really driving through a town. It's like, it's like, it's like a th- narrow road with like trees like all around and above. It's, you know? it's a dark and very, very windy night. I think it means stormy night. Well, it's not really raining though. I'm just, you know, stylistic reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's a dark and stormy night, but like I said, it's not really raining. Yeah, That's, it's not raining yet anyway. Which is uh, okay. Um, yeah, something something runs in front of the car and the girls freak out. Like a deer, I think, yeah. Yeah. Or a rabbit or something. They so, suggest turning back, but then decide, well, no, fuck that. They've already come well, this far. It's Arya who's like, should we go back? It's like, really, Arya? A fucking deer running across the road is going to make you go back? Yeah. Like, yeah, a little sketchy there, Arya. But Emily's like, no, like we're, we're doing this. Yeah. So then they get, they come around a corner and they get to the Lost Woods Resort, which is, and I'm going to say this several times in this podcast, straight out of the movie Psycho. Yeah. It's creepy. Like the Lost Woods Resort, uh, it's in a, a neon sign and vacancies. You know, there's tons of vacancies. Uh, it looks like the the place from Psycho. Essentially, they hold up the the postcard picture and it pretty much matches what they're looking at. Like during better times during the day. Yeah. And they're like, why would Allie come here? This is one of those uh, uh, old, like, like 
drive in roadway in things where it's all one story but like long stretches of connected like well, it's uh, like a, a row of slash bungalows yeah. yeah it's like a row of rooms yeah. one one right next to the other um so they're like well what the fuck was Allie doing here and right then a creepy guy appears on the passenger side of the car knocks on the windows the girls freak out as you <laughs> would and he's just like hey are you checking in but he said he has like a weird voice because he's a weird creepy guy. Are you like, checking in? Are you checking in? Yeah. Uh, he is also straight out of Psycho. He's basically Norman Bates. We're going to call him Norman Bates the rest yeah. of the episode. I don't think he gives the name. His he? name is Harold the Innkeeper. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just go ahead and refer to him as Norman Bates. Yeah. Especially since he has in the, we end up in the office, you know, the mm-hmm. checking in. He has tons and tons of stuffed birds mounted all over the walls. Yeah, like Norman Bates. Yeah. Straight out of Psycho. Uh, he's like, oh, we don't get a lot of visitors since they built the interstate, which you assume was like 50 years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah. he's like, doesn't bother me, though. Like, Spencer signs in as Mary Smith, and he kind of like, he like sees it. He's like, so Mary Smith, and he just kind of like glares at her like, you know, like he's insulted that she'd even try. Yeah, he's he like, whatever. This like real dirty. Well, at first I thought, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, he's giving her shit because he knows who she is. Mm-hmm. And like, he's pissed off that she's like lying to him. And then I was like, no, Mary Smith is the most generic name of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she might as well have just written John Smith. Or Jane Doe. Yeah. She asked for room number one and he's like, well, what do you know about room number one? And she's like, uh, he's like, it's got the best hot water in the place. Yeah. Perfect for a night like this. Mm-hmm. She says that her friend has suggested room one to her, and maybe he's heard of her, Vivian Darkbloom. And the guy, he says no, but his face might say yes. Yeah. And he, but he's like, you know, basically as like, as much oh, as I'm, his face can. I'm trying to, you know, he's like, oh, we were in a discreet shop around here. And he says, you check into Lost Woods because you don't want to be found. And yeah. Spencer just kind of sneers at him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice sneer, Spencer. So outside, as they're walking to the room, Hannah straight up falls forward into a puddle. Yeah, she's like kind of trips and falls into some mud. Probably because she's wearing heels. It's it's almost comical, though. Mm-hmm. That's a Hannah thing to do. Yeah, the girls pick her up and they get going. And they end up inside room number one, which is just a plain, boring hotel room. Yeah, pretty much your typical motel room. One bed, too. Is it one bed? I didn't even, I didn't yeah, think it's one count. bed. Um, and they're like, well, Allie must have come here for some reason. So they're kind of looking around, opening up some shelves and drawers, not finding anything. Emily's like, maybe Allie came here to hide something. But Arya is like, or maybe she came here to hide. Yeah. Well, Emily, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, uh, this is where all, like, I want to see the Kindle world. It's like fan fiction is these these four girls in this one bed tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Emily, <laughs> she's got standards. She finds, like, one of the old intact postcards. And she's just, like, looks around and she's like, oh, I love how they call this place a resort. <laughs> so, yeah, e- Emily says, well, what if Allie came here to hide something? And Arya's like, well, what if she came here to hide from A? Mm-hmm. So Spencer wonders, what if Allie came here with somebody? Yeah. Well, Spencer wants to go check, wants to go back to the office and like check the like the log books to see if Allie, you know, shows up on there. And to the surprise of everyone, Arya offers to help her. Well, so this this particular scene is fantastic because so Spencer and Arya are now standing like shoulder to shoulder, like staring out the window across the thing at the office. They mm-hmm. they think that the Norman has left for the night, left the office. Um, there's a mirror right next to me, like almost like a full body mirror. 
So you're looking at Spencer and Arya, and you're looking at the reflection of Spencer and Arya. And if this isn't somehow thematically tied to your doppelgangers, or, you know, or twins theory, mm-hmm. or what have you, like, I don't know. Like, well, yeah, I think it does because Arya, like I said, she's kind of shocked Spencer by volunteering to help. And they look over at Hannah and Emily, and they're both like huddled under blankets because they're cold, and they're like, nope. We're going to stay out of this because we're not real. Well, it's it's an adorable moment, too, because like Arya goes and puts on her coat, and Spencer is so touched. She's just like, you're coming with me? <laughs> and she like looks over at Emily and Hannah, who look like just utterly pathetic, yeah. you know? And Hannah's just, or Emily's just like, what? I'm cold. Yeah. And Hannah's like, no, I'm colder than she is. Well, they can't come because they're not real. This and is, then real shit has to go down. We need the... Uh... The, the two main players here. So Arya's stepping up and Spencer delivers the immortal line to her. She says, you're little, but you're big. Yeah. Big A, one would say. Yeah. They should have like done like a hi-fi like chest bump right there. <laughs> so they get into the office looking around at their flashlights. It's, of course, you know, it's night, it's dark. There's all these like dead birds like mounted in various places and like candles. There's like a creepy portrait of an older lady. Norma's mother. Yeah. And Arya says she feels like the portrait is staring at her. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in the shower, Hannah wants to take a shower to, uh, I'm sorry, back in the hotel room, Hannah wants to take a shower to wash off the mud, mm-hmm. and Emily's just like, ew, I can't believe you're going to use these showers. Uh, so as, as Hannah's in the bathroom, Emily gets a call from Maya, but it like, you know, disconnects when she tries to answer because there's no signal. So right. she kind of wanders out the door out into the parking lot, kind of roaming around to get a signal. Well, meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, Hannah's in the weirdest like psycho homage ever. Yeah, um, we get the whole the kind of close up shot of the shower head as it turns on. I mean, it's it's a straight psycho homage. So uh, while Emily is Emily's got to do like the saddest acting moment of modern mm-hmm. times, so the thing where she's like holding the phone all in different areas, like it's a tricorder that she's like scanning oh, the this environment. Is, this is almost a trope now in horror movies. Yeah, yeah, but know? like she's like trying to find the reception. Meanwhile, like a straight up runs, you know, across the. Uh, the frame behind her towards well, be- the room before that happens cut over to team sparia looking yep. through the books in the office and they see that vivian dark bloom checked into the motel the morning that Allie went missing mm-hmm. and they're looking at other names from like that time but nothing's really jumping out so yeah cut back to outside emily kind of walking around like a dork holding up the phone and behind her hooded figure just kind of sneaks right on past and into the motel room yeah yeah Hannah's um, Hannah's showering, you know, she's naked in the shower now, and there's that the kind of the silhouette of the hooded figure on the other side of the curtain watching. And the phone rings. Then then Hannah's phone rings and the figure kinda like retreats. So Hannah gets out of the shower with a towel, uh, and just looks up and like the door's like wide open. And that's a little creepy. <laughs> well she's just like, Thanks, Emily. Yeah, she's like Thanks a fucking lot, bitch. Yeah, Take I'm, all, I'm all in here. here. Yeah, showering mm-hmm. nude, bitch. Yeah. So the next morning, um, they're all awake. Uh, Spencer is going through the registration book, which he obviously took. I, I like office. that Arya is, uh, make, has made and is handing Spencer coffee in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Spencer informs the others that Allison had stayed at the Lost Woods Resort twice. The first time was the time that she was supposed to be meeting A in Brookhaven. Coincidence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, that hooded figure, we're just going to go ahead and call them A, is... Uh, presumably in the next room has like removed the photo from the wall like mm-hmm. a framed photo and there's like a broken like peephole behind it for a to like stare through and watch the liar so they're getting spied on by by a during this, well, this is like psycho reference number like 10 yeah um yeah so there's a nice little moment where 
Emily and Arya are talking, and Emily's, you know, saying that her mom thinks that she's staying at Arya's, and Arya's like, oh, that's funny. My mom thinks I'm staying at your place. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that since they're not stealing the book, the registration book, they need to put it back in the office. Well, Spencer wants to put it back, yeah. Arya and, doesn't... Huh. Ar- yeah, Ar- Arya's like, well, I kind of don't want to do that. Like, I've, I've done my part, you know. Yeah. And she doesn't want to sneak back in, and Spencer says, come on, we're Team Sparia. Yeah. Which I feel like a show's officially arrived when they start uh, using like the made up uh, fan names for pairings, right? Right. Without having to do like Andrew from Buffy as mm-hmm. like the audience proxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Spencer will return the book. That's that's not even a question. Spencer will step up and be Spencer. She just needs Arya to be the like lookout, and Arya's like, yeah, well, I, I, just staring at things. I can do that. Arya's probably a, the lookout a lot. You know? Yeah. She's yeah. like, you just need me to st- stand around and check my phone. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can, I can really do that. Um, Hannah mentions that Caleb can't go to the masquerade ball for her because of something of his mom. I think his um, mom is in town or something like that, yeah. Yeah, she's bummed because her costume requires a date. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to go as Juliet because she lost the role in the sixth grade of some other girl. And that's all she's wanted to do uh, since then. So Emily offers to go as her date, but she's not dressing up as a dude. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I'll go as your date, but I'm not dressing like a dude. Yeah. Um, so then Spencer and Arya run back in. They're just like, Norman Bates is back. Let's bail before he figures out we touched his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some cool, like, wide shots of the forest here. There's, like, these, like, helicopter shots, mm-hmm. like, zooming over the forest. They're, it's very interesting. We don't we normally get that in PLL. But uh, yeah, it also, seemed to be like a never-ending forest that the the helicopters going over. Right, and A watches them leave. Um, so then we're we cut over to I believe it's the De Laurentiis house, where mm-hmm. Toby, teen contractor, is clearing up the wreckage from the recent fire slash mini explosion. Yeah, it's kind of like throwing all this like burned shit out onto the the driveway there. Yeah, Spencer shows up, she- and. She uh, he she wants to know like have they know anything and he doesn't know who caused the fire but uh, it wasn't an accident right and apparently Jenna seems fine and I like this line here Spencer says Jenna found a way to forgive me do you think that you will ever be able to yeah and Toby Toby's got some work to do there's a little bit too much emotion on his face or maybe that's just his face or but, maybe he's constipated who yeah knows? yeah but, but he, he kind of angrily throws some shit down you know. Yeah, he's very he's very distant to her. Um, and Spencer's, you know, she starts to turn away. She's she does like the uh, the face squeeze cry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she turns back to him, and she's just like, you know, look, you've got every right to hate me, but you don't need to be that guy, that guy that won't let anybody in. And Toby's Which, just like, no, no, that's just my face. Yeah, exactly. That's just my hideous, hideous face. Um, so she drives off, and as she does, his phone rings, and he answers it, and he's just like, Doctor Sullivan. Yeah, and, and he looks back at Spencer as though like he he wishes there was something he could say to her here. But so for some reason, Doctor Sullivan is calling Toby. She's apparently alive and calling mm-hmm. Toby. Yeah. Um. So then there's the Jenna thing. She's driven herself somewhere in a convertible. It's like a like a rest stop or a park or something. I don't know. Like she, yeah, she's driven in some sort of like old timey convertible. She gets out and walks over to your picnic table and sits down next to someone who we don't see. Um, we just see like Jenna talking to this person and she's like, I've been thinking about what I would say if I ever saw you again. And then she like hands like a scarf over to this person. And perhaps it's, it's something wrapped in yeah, a scarf. Per- perhaps there is something wrapped in the scarf. 
And she says, uh, they're all going to be at the party. You know what you need to do. And she has a really evil smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, the glasses are back, we should mention. Well, they're, yeah, but like, she also takes them off because she can see. Yeah, yeah. And she's not hiding it to so this person. But there's a weird shot at one point where like she looks up and like there's this like birds flying out of a tree. <laughs> it's it's it reminds me of that shot you would see whenever somebody's about to shoot somebody. Yeah. And rather than see the bullet like, you know, enter their cranium, like he would just cut to birds flying out of a tree. Yeah. Um, so pretty quickly then we jump right to the masquerade ball. The masquerade ball. The gr- liars are all showing up together in their dresses and masks. I have descriptions for each of them. Please do. Spencer, all the way on the left, is wearing a uh, mustard-colored dress with a uh, kind of black trim and a, like a black waist sash mm-hmm. and, and a mask, of course. Uh, Emily has a blue dress on that's kind of like almost like a corset up top, mm-hmm. but then like frilly, down, you know, from the waist down. Mm-hmm. Hannah has a white dress that also ha- is like a fitted like corset style top uh, with, with like gold sparkles all over it. Right. And kind of Aria, like a gold chain belt. Arya is dressed like Harley Quinn. Arya's dress is big, big, wide, bold red and black stripes with a black mask and black gloves. Uh, this dress, or the, we're going to mention the black swan later in a different context. Mm-hmm. This dress you could also call a black swan dress. Uh, like the original artwork for like the black swan book looked like this. Mm. Um, so they they and walk in together. I, as I mentioned in the past, red and black are ace colors, also ace colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's also the... Uh, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Arya walks in and she says, this is the perfect place for A to hide. Yeah, because everyone's in masks. The um, How would you describe the design of... This is presumably like the auditorium at the high school. I guess. I don't know where the hell this thing's supposed yeah, to be. You got a point, I presume that this was a high school function, but it, I don't think it's stated. the high school. I, I get the vibe that it's not. Well, let's hope not, considering some of the stuff that happens in this scene. But uh, this is still pretty fucking elaborate design. Well, there's yeah, I don't think it's a high school, but there's there's all sorts of elaborate. Uh, I don't know what you call that, like brocage or whatever. Um, there's like there's fake trees indoors, kind of like uh, like the kind of like dead trees, you know, where it's just the the branches, no leaves or anything, kind of all over the place. Like, like the columns look like fake trees. Um, and there's all these, like, you know, mirrors, and it, it's like super fancy. It's incredibly fancy. It's mm-hmm. indoors, but there's parts of it that are made to look like you're outdoors. Yeah, it almost like, se- like, like there's a ceiling through, like some kind of garden that you would see in like last year at Marion Bad. I mean, the, it's it appears nice. to have like a painted ceiling in some yeah. shots. You know, like yeah. like it's meant to be like they're out in the moonlight. It's mm-hmm. it's nuts, yeah. Um, so they 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 want to check. So they ask Spencer, "What's up with Melissa?" Melissa or Spencer says that when she left her house, Melissa was in her jammies, curled mm-hmm. up on the couch. Mm, don't believe her, Spencer. Yeah. So they it's it's apparently nine o'clock. They've got three hours to what? figure out who A is. I love it. They have this conversation where they're like, "I think we need to all agree to stick together till midnight." And they're like, uh-huh. And then they immediately split up. Yeah, yeah. They decide to split up. They'll meet up again in an hour. <laughs> like, literally, like, the next sentence after saying, we need to all agree to stick together. So, so they're yeah. going to split up and meet back in an hour. And everyone keep your phones close. So mm-hmm. Hannah's, like, wandering off to the dance floor when, at first, a uh, masked gentleman shows up behind her and looks like he's going to kiss her neck, but instead whispers in her ear, and it's Caleb. 
Yes, who's following Spencer? Oh, it's just Caleb. He is, uh, he's come as Romeo to surprise her. Mm-hmm. Mona helped them pick out the outfit. Yeah, he's not seeing his mom tonight. He'll see her tomorrow. Uh, he can't take all the credit. Mona put out the, uh, costume. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like look over and man, Mona is like standing there looking just, just the cutest she can and like so bashful. She's wearing a purple dress and mask. And she's like, call me guilty. <laughs> yeah, call me guilty. And so Hannah apologizes for lying to Mona again. No more and secrets. She, she says. promised no, no more secrets from now on. And, and Mona's like, oh, you can tell me about it later. And then so Hannah and Caleb drift off, but Spencer has kind of been watching this from nearby and mm-hmm. she kind of like walks over and that kind of terrifying Spencer thing where she's about to prosecute you, you know? Right. And she says, I have to admit, you had me fooled, but I've got you figured out. She's saying this to Mona. Mm-hmm. And Mona says, do you tell? As she pops a sticky gum in her mouth. And Hannah says, I don't know why you tried to hide behind that layer of superficial bitch, but you were a great friend to Hannah. And Mona says, that means more to me than you'll know. You'll ever know. Yeah. Um, so Mona mentions that she went years without friends due to Allison and that she was actually thinking about Allison recently. Um, well, before she cuts to that, Spencer kind of acknowledges that they never stood up to her and apologizes for this. And Mona's like, well, I quit thinking about that a long time ago, time ago. But, you know, as it happens, I couldn't get it out of my mind today because the place that I took Caleb to in Brookhaven that was the last place that I saw Allie alive. Mm-hmm. It was about a week before she went missing. So we get a flashback. Flashback to like a closed store in Brookhaven. Yeah. Uh, Nerdy Mona. Remember Nerdy Mona from the pilot? Mm-hmm. She uh, comes across Allison in her full-on Vivian dark bloom attire. With the, yeah, the, the dark hair and the red coat. And and it's, it's uh, Allison is such a bitch. Because <laughs> like Mona runs up and she's just like, Allison. And Allison's just like, fuck. Allison's like, crap. And Mona's like so excited to be shopping in the same place as Allison. Yeah. And Allie's just like, she shushes her and she's like, she keeps looking out the window, like through the blinds at something. And Allie's like, can you, can I tell you a secret? And Mona's just being like super dorky. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. And Allie's like, I'm watching someone and this isn't a game. So pretend you don't know me. Yeah. And I like how like, Mona's, Mona's not so stupid that she doesn't pick up on what this game means, which is yeah. go away. Yeah, I mean, Allison is basically saying, can I tell you a secret? Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, Allison needs Mona to scram. And so, Mona, who's not an idiot, is just like, wow, the Allie D needs something from Mona Vanderall. What's it worth to you? Yeah. And it's like, well, what do you want? Mona wants to be popular. Mm-hmm. So, Allie writes down her number on, Grudgingly. The, yeah, on that postcard that we've seen and tears it in half. So, Mona gets the other half of that postcard that the liars had with Allie's number on it. Yeah, so Mona then takes that, runs off gleefully, and mm-hmm. Allison keeps staring out the window at whoever she's watching, and we end flashback. Yeah, so Mona says she, she called that number that night and left the voicemail, but she never heard back, and then Allie went missing. So there we go. So Spencer asked Mona if she saw who Allie was watching, but but Mona didn't. So well, Mona's like, I figured it was just some guy she had a crush on, you know. Yeah, and so Spencer, who can't not help, like, uh, deducing, s- decides that A wasn't watching Allie and Brookhaven. Allie was watching A. And mm-hmm. Mona's like, this is about A? Holy shit. Well, she's like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so Spencer kind of, you know, she fills uh, Mona in here. She's like, A wasn't at that motel to hide from A. She's there to spy on A. Mm-hmm. So cut to a, a shadowy figure watching Arya. As Arya just kind of like drifts around 
the masquerade. And yeah, this, she's she's seemingly by herself, but it also looks like she's like smiling and laughing and talking to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, then this figure texts someone. This is a, a brunette in a full face mask. I'm going to tell you who it is because we find out right in the next scene. It's Jenna. And you can kind of tell it's Jenna even yeah. when it's in the shadow, just the hair shape and whatnot. But yeah, as Arya starts like heading down to the dance floor and down this kind of like winding well, it's path. Like a, it's like a maze of mirrors that she's going down. It's, like it's Yeah, it's meant It's not the dance floor. It's like off to the side. It's meant. It's decoration. Mm-hmm. It's meant to look like Arya is like descending down this like winding path, like something out of The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's like mirrors here and there, and we see that the the brunette, the Jenna thing, removes her mask. It's a Jenna thing. So Arya ends up in this kind of secluded area with mirrors, and she's calling out "Hello, hello, hello!" And a guy in a tux and a mask shows up, and he says, well, he, "He walks out, and there's like three of them because of all the mirrors, you know." Yeah, he says, "No matter how hard I try." I can't stay away from you. Because I'm a pedophile. Yeah. It's Ezra. It's Ezra. And they hug. And they, they embrace. They have a long hug. I, I would call it an embrace. Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So we then cut to what I would call like a, a, a love montage, which is lots of like dissolving shots of mm. like Caleb and Hannah dancing together. It's very strange. I mean, it's shot in this kind of like loving artistic way. Like maybe they're having sex on the dance floor. Well, and I, I think, you know, time passing is really something we can get from this because the next time we see Spencer, Spencer's in a car calling Emily from the road. Mm-hmm. And she's like, keep your friends close. That's what, I, you know, Allie was talking about. about. Uh, yeah. They're going back to the Lost Woods Resort. Cause well, you find out first, the way they shoot this is that Spencer says that she's going to the Lost Woods Resort. She's, as she's making this phone call, she is in the passenger seat of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's going back to the Lost Woods because Allie must have been spying on A from there. Uh, A must have been in the room next door, room number two, because the there wasn't a key available for that room, and it was it was never mentioned in the logbooks because it was must have already been rented out to A. And it's been rented out since before Allison went missing. Mm-hmm. Well, and Emily's like, "Well, don't go there alone," and she's like, "I'm not. Mona's driving." Mm-hmm. And Mona, it's two hours of midnight. Mona looks like so excited to be along for this adventure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Allison obviously checked in the room one because she was spying on A. Uh, Spencer didn't want to bring the other girls. Didn't want all the other girls to leave the, the ball because that would tip A off mm-hmm. because A is obviously still at the ball. Yeah. So yeah, Emily's like, well, you've got two hours to get back here. Yeah, and then there's like a quick thing where Emily spots Jenna thing talking to uh, what looks like Lucas. Yeah. Uh, they're all in masks, but that definitely looks like Lucas. So at the Lost Resort, uh, in the office thing, well, we uh, get before we go inside. There's like this quick, like really creepy shot of like the moon and the fog and a tree. Like it's it's very gothic, it's almost very, like we're in a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, so, so Spencer's inside talking to uh, Harold the innkeeper, aka Norman Bates, having some tea with him, a nice little tea set. Mm-hmm. Well, behind him, Mona is like sneaking in to steal the master key. He's telling her it's, you know, kind of her to spend time with him. And that sometimes he finds himself, like, talking to these, like, stuffed creatures. And Spencer's just like, well, it's only bad if they start talking back to you, LOL. And he's just like, I don't get it. Yeah, he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, mm, never mind. Yeah. And Mona has the key, so Spencer's just like, gotta go. Bails. Yeah. So Mona and Spencer head over to room number two. They open the door. We don't see what they see at first. We just kind of see their, like, gasp at whatever's in there. Yeah, they're amazed expressions. 
So then there's Arya and Ezra are dancing together. And Ezra's acting a little weird, and Arya's like, well, what's wrong? And Ezra tells her that this is their first dance and that he wants to see her. So they, they both take their masks off. And they and, kiss. And they, there's some smooches. This is a terrible idea. This, uh, is it? I at mean, first, I'm watching it, and I kept thinking this is like a high school function. And I'm like, I don't this, think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is anymore either. But at first, I was like, this could land your stupid, goofy ass in jail. You idiot. Arya's like 17 now. He's not going to jail. Yeah, two months ago, he was her English teacher. It's it's nothing else improper. Sure. Not um, illegal. But, but yes, we get some more like panning and dissolving shots of these two together. Well, and, and then just some other shots of the, the masquerade. I like through this whole masquerade, there's this vibe where like on the edge of the frames in all these scenes, there's like people in masks and it's like, are they watching the liars? Like yeah. it's a very creepy masquerade because it always seems like there's somebody at the edge of the frame who's like watching things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like just the side of like, like those scenes from like eyes wide shut too. Minus, mm-hmm. you know, hardcore group sex. Um, but yeah, so we get some more shots of Emily following somebody. It looks like Lucas. Then as she's getting closer, she feels a hand on her shoulder. She kind of breathes in and turns around and it's, page yeah it's page uh Uh, so cut back to spencer and mona they 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 enter the room this room there's pictures covering like almost every surface of the wall well so they hesitate before entering spencer is in awe mona Mm. looks disgusted yeah it's they're like in shock Uh, the the place is covered with pictures uh all pictures of the liars there's and like I'll... this weird little like death shrine to Allie in one spot. Yeah. Uh, there's all these newspapers, like headlines about the Allison De Laurentiis murder and the, the case. Uh, there's all these photos of the liars everywhere from like all the different episodes we've watched. You know, like there's right. stuff of like Arya in that red dress that she wore to her first big date with Ezra. You know, like, there's there's quite a few like filing cabinets and shelves. There's some phones. There's, there's a dollhouse in the corner there's a dollhouse uh there is a you see the that costume from the first secret that halloween bag costume right that's in here there's a little kind of portable uh closet thing with some hoodies hanging from it you know like a there's portable the, clothes rack there's a the voodoo doll with the giant heart on it is there mm-hmm. there's a rocking chair uh there's a fucking clown mask which is terrifying yeah a map full of pins of different locations uh this place is like impressively insane i would say more impressive than like true detectives uh reveal of the serial killer place yeah it's methodical but it's definitely nuts yeah Uh, it's because you don't need all the the photos of like allison cut out and hung on a wall we get what you're doing i mean it's like uh it's like whenever like i think you see it like more in in detective shows now Mm -hmm. the evidence wall yeah the whole room's an evidence wall but it's it's like like wall to wall yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's nuts. It's not so gonzo. Um so Mona's like, Spencer, what very is this creepy. place? Yeah. And Spencer's like, This is A's lair. This is A's lair. Yeah, it's very, very creepy. Well done by the set designers to to come up with this. Because yeah. it had to take some effort to to put that much insanity in and all those little details he can pick out. When it clearly depicts the massively obsessive personality that has to be A. Mm-hmm. Um and then, unfortunately, we cut back to Paige. Paige is apologizing for that other night when she tried to kiss Emily, and but she's like, "Well, I don't want to forget about it." Yeah, um, Emily's just like, "I yeah, forget about it." Paige is like, "That's the thing. I don't, I don't want, want to." to 
Yeah, we, we have a connection. Ugh. And Emily's like, well, we did, but, you know, etc. There, there is pretty much no circumstances which you should tell a potential significant other that we have a connection. If you Paige, have a connection, you don't need to verbalize it. Paige wishes she'd fought harder, and Em's like, sorry. Yeah. So Paige says, you know, I care for you. I want to be there for you. And yeah, I'm going to be em- honest, you know. I want to yeah. be there. And Emily's just like, what I need from you right now is to be friend-zoned. Mm-hmm. And Paige is like, that is fine with me. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so we get back to room two. Mona Spencer is still looking around at things. Uh, Spencer sees that there's like an Allison doll on one level of the dollhouse. And like the liars, the four liars each have dolls in the second level. Yeah, all dressed like each of the liars. It's great. Um, the alley shrine, like all the eyes of Allison are cut out, which mm-hmm. just make it look extra creepy. Uh, Mona then finds what must be the design for A's costume at the ball. Yeah, Mona's like going through like a, a little like shelf system. She wants uh, to be helpful. Yeah, she finds like all these like drawings of uh, like a, another masquerade costume. And she's like, oh, this must be A's costume at the masquerade ball. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll call Hannah and, and let her know. And Spencer is looking at it and she's like, this dress is the black swan. Mm-hmm. She comes a different, very different kind of black swan. Yeah. Um, so at the dance, Hannah looks over and she sees the black swan person show up, enter, and she wonders aloud, who is that? It's just somebody who's tall, they're brunette, they're very skinny, mm-hmm. and in a, like a black feathery dress and mask. Right. So back in room two, keeping it Spencer, tight. yeah, keeping it very tight. Spencer's looking through some shit and Mona's just like, uh, gum? And Spencer's like, uh, no, no thanks. Mm-hmm. So Mona's just okay. And she seems very sweet, but they give her this kind of deranged, cute close up, which just tells you something bad is about to happen. <laughs> and the, the liars have not called back yet. And so Spencer finds Allie's diary and she's looking through it and there's a bookmark in it. And that bookmark is a gum wrapper. This is why Mona is fumbling around through the wardrobe of hoodies. Yeah. And Spencer says, Melissa was a black swan at a cherry charity ball in Philly last year. And Mona kind of, they're kind of like both looking opposite each other. It's like one's looking at one wall, one's looking at the other. And Mona's like, you don't think she'd do anything to try and hurt you, do you? And Spencer says, why would you ask me that? And turning around and Mona's like, well, I just thought that's what you meant. Melissa's the black swan. Maybe she's a. Mm. And Spencer's like, hey. Can I get that gum now? And so, Mona's like, oh, I'm all out. Uh, I think I'm more in the car. I'll be right back. Yeah, so once she's gone, like Spencer kind of inspects the gum wrapper bookmark once more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the dance, Hannah, Ari, and Emily are now united. They're looking at this black swan person. They're like up on the like, like the top of a staircase, kind of. Like It's yeah. one of those. The place is so impressive that it ha- kind of has like the dual staircases that meet on like a promenade type of mm-hmm. thing. Well, it's kind of like you 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 enter whatever this facility is, whatever this giant room is, like on a landing, and mm-hmm. then you descend down the stairs. It's basically like you're you're the matriarch of some kind of soap opera family, where you're always just like coming down a flight of stairs, announcing your arrival. Yeah, and they're but, they're, uh, they're all. I, I like how their dates are just vanished. You know, yeah. who, who knows what happened to Caleb and Ezra? Like they're, they're at just a bar, like some are getting drinks. They're like that was fun. Fuck off. Yeah. I like to think that, like, Paige, Caleb, and Ezra are all at the bar, like, getting drinks. Um, and they're like, why are you here? And she's like, uh, Arya told me to just stay here and she'd be here in ten minutes. Why are you here? Like, Emily told me the same thing. <laughs> and Hannah like, told me the same thing. Yeah, like, this is the story of my fucking life. <laughs> um, so, they look over, they're spying the Black Swan. The Black Swan is meeting with what looks like Lucas and Jenna. 
Mm-hmm. And then the black swan like quickly takes off. But I like how follow. I like how Hannah says tall size two. I hate her already. Yeah, because they can't they can't tell who it is from this far away. Right. So back in room two, uh, right as Mona's coming back in the room, Spencer finds a bag of cashmere sweaters. Mm-hmm. And then Mona says, "I found the gum." Their voice is creepy. Yeah, it's a kind of a weirdly loud voice. And uh, Spencer Very flat. I found the gum. Spencer's great line here. She says, "You didn't call Hannah, did you?" Because you're a what turns around and there she is. Mona looks just gloriously dangerous and androgynous in the a hoodie. Yeah, she's she's in the a outfit, but she still has like the heavy eye makeup on. Like she looks nuts, completely nuts. And she says, "Congratulations, Spencer. You figured it out." And then like knocks her out. Yeah, she smacks the fuck out of her. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she looks wonderfully ominous as a. Even though she looks she's, terrifying, yeah, she does. She she looks like like she could be shooting like nuclear daggers at Spencer right now. But mm-hmm. she's also about two and a half feet shorter <laughs> than what you expect from A. But she just like the Chanel Parrish is so fucking good in this episode. Like we we saw like a nerdy Mona, we've seen regular Mona in this episode, and now we're seeing A Mona, uh, and they're all very different from each other. And her A Mona is frightening. Yeah, she's very, like, menacingly sexy, too. She's just, like, glowering, you know? Yeah. Um. So, cut back to the dance. The three liars are chasing the black swan. Like, it's like there's something like, uh, I don't know, like, what would you call this area? It's like, it's not part of the, the set piece of the, the dance. Like a They're, like, near the, stage near the exit. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Chase him to the exit. The black swan gets out the, the door marked exit. We well, should say not not at, like the main exit, but like you know, like the fire exit. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. It's like this is the like I said, if this was a play. This is this is backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, the black swan gets out the exit. The liars get to the door. They can't get it open. Mm-hmm. And then Hannah kind of like notices that like a feather has fallen to the ground. And she picks up like a black feather. It's like bluish black. Yeah. I want to make some kind of joke like, uh, uh, mm-hmm. like oh, then I would be perfect, you know, but I, it's not coming to me. Something with Natalie Portman and Mila, Mila Kunis like going down on each other, but it's it's just not there. Mm. Um, so we cut to Mona's car. Spencer wakes up in the passenger seat, and she looks over and kind of like realizes what's going on and is kind of shocked and surprised. Mona is driving like insanely fast yeah. down a like a very windy forest road, and she's like taking these curves like crazy. She's taking yeah. these curves at like eighty or ninety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back um, to the ball. Hannah goes to call Spencer. And she's like, you know, oh, my phone sucks. Like the battery's dying. And Emily like grabs it and looks at it, and she sees that the phone is set to record every time it's turned on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, huh? Um, also, when at first when uh, Hannah tries to make that call, and she's like, oh, piece of crap phone. Mm-hmm. You know, Arya's just like, I'll make the call, and she like reaches into like her bust and like pulls out her phone because that's where she's <laughs> hiding it, of course. Which I just love. That's such an Arya moment. Uh, especially since she's with the two other actresses in the show that have, we will learn through future costume design like choices, have massive busts. And I mean, not just future episodes. You can tell that yeah. uh, Ashley Benson and Shane Mitchell, both, uh, they're rocking more, they're rocking more material than, than what yeah, they've got Lucy Hale's got. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's still wonderful. It's such an Arya thing though, like the poor yeah. phone out there. Um, so yeah, Mona is just driving like a, like a bat out of hell down these windy roads. She says that she had to get Spencer alone so they could talk. She and, had to earn it, the right to be part of it. Yeah, and Spencer's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Slow the <laughs> fuck down. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer remarks that, that Mona didn't see Allison in Brookhaven. That Allison saw her. 
Yeah, that story's probably all made up. Yeah, so just like, well, you just made that story up. And Moses is like, well, we're into this together now. Mm-hmm. She says, I admire you, Spencer, so I'm going to let you decide how this plays out. You can join the A-team or you can disappear. Oh, yeah. Um, so Spencer's playing it sly. She does the move that you do in, in shows at this mm-hmm. point where she calls Arya on a well, she, video like, call. She FaceTimes her. Yeah, basically, it's pre-FaceTime, but yeah, she FaceTimes her. This is FaceTime. It doesn't say FaceTime. It says video call to Arya. Whatever. It's FaceTime. Yeah, but it's FaceTime. Yeah. So Spencer asks about, which would have been great too if it was FaceTime, because you would have had that like little tiny, like the, uh, your view. Yeah. Like in the corner. That would have been so awesome. But yeah, so, you know, now that she's video calling Arya, Spencer starts asking her questions like, Mona, like, you know, by the way, you almost killed Hannah with your car last season. Well, this is, we, we quickly cut to Arya getting the call and they're watching this. They, they can see Mona in the A hoodie, you know? Uh, driving the car and, and Mona answers the question, which is, it's easier to forgive an enemy than it is to forgive a friend. <laughs> and Mona, the three liars are just like, oh, fuck, it's Mona. Yeah. And so Hannah's in shock. And Spencer's just like, how could you be everywhere? You were always one step ahead of us. And Mona says, you're not the only genius in this car. You bitches underestimated me. Always underestimated, yeah. yeah. And so Mona looks at her as she's driving. She turns and she looks at Spencer as she makes that point. And she's making turns. And she's not, like, like, like she's making sure that point sinks in. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's like for a moment there, like, Spencer feels how, like, truly small she is. Um, so they're heading to something called Lookout Point. And Mona speeds up. And Spencer does the the thing that good girls do in horror movies where she says, you're never going to make it to Lookout Point if you don't slow down. Yeah. And so Arya watching on the other end of the line is like, oh, I know a shortcut to get there. Yeah. I, I want Mona to be like, why are you literally calling a play-by-play of every action where we're going? <laughs> yeah. So Arya and Emily start to rush off, but Arya stops and she looks back and sees that Hannah's kind of lingering. And Hannah's in shock and she's just like, oh my God, Mona's A. Mm-hmm. And Arya's just like, yeah, so skedaddle. Let's get the fuck going, you know? Um. So in Mona's car, Spencer asks, is this payback for how, you know, Allison treated you? And Mona's just like, no, I'm so over that. Like, like this is about, like, the, the girls stealing Hannah from her. Mm-hmm. So we, we're cutting to the other liars are in a car. They're on their way. Hannah's driving. Very Hannah's kind of, you know, watery eyes as she drives. Mm-hmm. And back to Mona, she's saying, it's not about betrayal, Spencer. It's about revenge. You deserved everything you got. You stole you, my only friend. You bitches deserved everything you got. Yeah. Well, so Spencer's... Yeah. Like Janelle Parrish, like her voice is like a Mona here. It's, it's different from regular Mona. Like it's, it's lower and terrifying. Well, and you're like really wondering, like now, like was the Mona thing just an act? Like is she dropping the act and this is like her and she's like, she is the villain of the piece. I'm not even sure if she knows which personality is a real Mona anymore. It's wonderful though. Yeah. So Spencer's mm-hmm. like, okay, so what's the plan? I mean, A always has a plan, right? And Mona is like kind of like with, with this like <laughs> pride smiles and says, yes. She does. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spencer's, you know, then we keep cutting back and forth between the two cars. They, they seem to be getting closer. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, uh, what happens if I don't join you? And Mona's like, well, Melissa doesn't have uh, your dad's gun. I do. And she says, when, when Allie left, it pulled you guys apart. It'll be the same if you go away. So, yeah, Spencer's been like eyeing the, uh, the emergency brake there. And so she yanks on it. The car jerks. And she says, no, it won't. <laughs> Yeah, jerks us to a stop. 
Spencer jumps out, starts to run out of the car. Mona jumps out, follows her, right as like Hannah's car is like speeding towards them. Mm -hmm. So Hannah sees Mona coming around the side of the car there, and she does not slow down. Like she is like yeah. barreling right towards Mona. And Ari, Ari and Emily are just like, slow down, Hannah, stop, you know? Yeah. Hannah eventually does. She stops just a few feet away from hitting Mona. But now like the headlights are all on Mona, and Mona realizes now Hannah has seen seeing who mm. she is so mona screams like a wild animal it's like this crazy scream where she she like is looking into the car and she just like gives this like insane scream and then like takes off after spencer yeah she tackles spencer to the spencer to the ground they start wrestling they get up they're fighting like against the tree which is now overlooking like this cliff well the, yeah it's like it's, they're on like the curve of the road here and they're yeah. basically like a cliff on one side and so they're they're kind of fighting up against this tree that's right on the edge of the cliff. And, it, you know, Spencer was pushed up against a tree, but manages to kind of, like, push Mona around and off. And Mona is, like, you know, barely holding on to the bark of the tree, like, hanging off the cliff. Uh, and Spencer does, she tries to grab her here. She tries to grab Mona's hand, but uh, she doesn't make it. And Mona falls off the cliff. Screaming the whole way. Yeah. Um, so all the liars end up, like, there, like, looking over the cliff. And kind of screaming in horror as they watch Mona fall. We don't really see this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, they, kinda, they pull Spencer away, you know. Yeah, they kind of cling to each other. So we cut to sometime later. The cops have shown up. Mm -hmm. It should uh, be mentioned in that scene. They're, like, they're all like crying at that point, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spencer is like sitting at the back of like the uh, the ambulance, like having her hands stitched up by a paramedic. Mm -hmm. uh, the other four liars. Are as just as a good action star does. Yes. Yeah. This is the second time in so many episodes. Spencer's had to have her hand like patched up. The other four liars are, are just kind of hanging around her, like in shock. I think they all have like blankets on. Mm -hmm. um, then Doctor Sullivan shows up. Yeah, and she's like, "Mona threatened my son. I had no choice but to leave, and couldn't possibly have told you at any point that Mona was a." Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, so Doctor she's Sullivan like, "My bad." Yeah, comforts Hannah and says, "Hey, it's all right. She's safe now." And Hannah has this like little like breakdown. Like, I can't believe this. She was my friend. Great, great line reading by Ashley Benson there. She was my friend. Yeah. So the other girls are all kind of like crying and they're hugging, and then somebody yells out, "She's alive!" And is it just me or does Doctor Sullivan look so sketchy during that? Because like she, the the angle is kind of up above and to the right of Doctor Sullivan, and when she says she's alive, Doctor Sullivan kind of like looks over, like jerks her head. With, like, this malevolent look on her face. I don't trust Dr. Sullivan at all. Oh, I... We'll talk about Dr. Sullivan in a minute. Yeah. But, yeah, so the cops kind of, like, look over the side of the cliff. And Mona is just, like, laying there. And and this is obviously the, where the reshoots come in. Because Mona is, like, maybe five feet down or something it, like maybe that. Maybe 15 feet. Yeah. yeah, but, like, the alarm on her watch goes off. Because it's, it's midnight. midnight. Yeah. yeah. So we do this, like, super zoom in on Mona's eye. We linger there for a moment, and we kind of pull back from her eye. It's both a psycho uh, homage yet again and a little bit of a vertigo. It's, it's a Hitchcock thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we're now looking at Mona. She's wrapped in a blanket, and she's, like, in a cell. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, and then Dr. Sullivan does the psycho ending, where she, <laughs> she explains the psychosis advice of over, our villain. Advice over, yeah. And I, I have this written down because it's amazing. Yes. Dr. Sullivan says she was living in a perpetual state of hyperreality. The adrenaline rush that accompanied her feelings of empowerment and her high level of intelligence fueled Mona's ability to be seemingly all-knowing and omnipresent. That checks out. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I have a copy of the DSM. 
sitting here next to me, and that perfectly makes sense. You can look that up under adrenalized hyperreality. Yeah, yeah. You can look it up on the Time Travel Murder Mystery podcast for that. Um, mm-hmm. So the girls are all watching Mona through like a two-way mirror. She's in like a, you know, like the, whatever you call it, like the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Dr. Sullivan is, you know, laying out the facts of the case for them there. So Hannah says, well, will she always be like this? And Dr. Sullivan says, with therapy and the right medications, people with these kind of personality disorders can get better. And then we I don't get know like, why you'd want to though. Yeah. If you can live in an adrenalized hyper reality, why would you ever want to stop? Exactly. To be all knowing and omnipresent or omnipotent. <laughs> thank you. I'll take that. Oh my god. Her high level of intelligence fueled Mona's ability to be seemingly all knowing and omnipresent. Wonderful. Magnificent. And then we get Mona's inner monologue here, and she uses this super low, creepy Mona voice. It's fascinating like, because you've never seen something like this in the show before. Mm-hmm. You've never seen it, and once again, Janelle Parrish killing it. Like, absolutely yeah. killing it. Like, this voice is even lower in register than her normal A voice. Right. Like, it's like. It's like demonic possession voice or something. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's very hot. She yeah. says, I know they're watching me. I don't look bad considering. I like this lipstick. What's it called? Toffee Tango? Oh, and I should mention also, her voice gets lower as she talks. Like, it, it gets more crazy. Yeah. And she says, they think it's over. Loser Mona goes to the nut house, and those precious liars are going home to sleep with their windows open and their doors unlocked. Don't they know that's what we want? Yeah, this is the second reference in just a few minutes to... Maybe, just maybe, Mona is not Big mm-hmm. A. Yeah, perhaps there's a team. Like, hey, Spencer, remember when you were in the car with Mona and Mona kept talking about how there's this team? A-team. Maybe you should have asked about that. Well, in the way she answered that, does A always have a plan? Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. She didn't answer like in the first person. She answered like in the third person. Mm-hmm. Um, Though, to be so- fair, Mona is pretty nuts, so. Who's to say she wouldn't answer this? This is true. Yeah, this is true. Um, so outside the police station, Dr. Sullivan's walking out with them, and she says that she didn't think she'd find the strength to come back here to Rosewood. That <laughs> their friend showed up, and he was very convincing. That she helps people like push through their fears, and he helped her push through hers. And Spencer's like, our friend, and they look over, and sitting like parked across the street from the police station is fucking Toby. It's a very... Uh, what's the reference? Jake from Sixteen Candles shot, yeah, yeah. right? Like kind of the his this fucking like old timey truck that he's leaning up against. Well, this this scene is like this scene is not earned by Toby. Spencer's surprised. She goes over to Toby. It's like, Toby, what did you really do, Toby? You had this doctor show up to offer the most bullshit excuse you've ever heard. Well, for why? This doctor we've discovered called him. He yeah, didn't find her. He didn't call her. She called him, and he says to her. Pretending not to love you was the hardest thing I've ever done. And then this is this is the <laughs> epic moment that Toby has not earned. Spencer goes to like slap Toby. He catches her hand mm-hmm. and they give into their passion and kiss. And like Spencer's happy. She's like smiling into the kiss. Well, like the Dr. Sullivan and the liars are all like smiling and happy. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sullivan, who conveniently showed up to offer the like the insanity defense just when Mona might need it. Yeah. Hmm. But like this ending is like this was the ending. There'd be like a Cindy Lauper song playing, and we'd have like the '80s credit sequence. But mm-hmm. yeah, so no, this is not the ending because we cut to later in like the residential neighborhood of Rosewood. The four liars are walking home down the street. I like how they couldn't even get like a ride home from the cops. They're just walking home. Well, and it's a little bit suspicious because they've just 
exited the police station <laughs> after some police action, a pretty traumatic event. None of their none of their parents are like have picked them up or you know are present. Um, so the four liars are walking home. Hannah is still like stunned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the cops just let him go. They're like, "Oh, you can go. Your parents. We don't need to talk to him." Yeah. Uh, Hannah is still just kind of like in shock. Uh, meanwhile, there's like flashing lights, kind of like somewhere off screen. There's some flashing lights. An uh, ambulance, and then an, an ambulance drives by with its sirens on. And so it seems to me like something. They were talking about how they're gonna like stay over at Emily's house, and Emily's like, "Oh, my mom can cook for you." Uh, but there appears to be something going down in Emily's house, so right. they kind of like run over there. And the music starts the, the like flashback to the pilot, the music that plays when they find Ali's body. Uh, that, that music starts playing again. It's very much like a mirroring of the pilot moment. Is it the exact same song, really? Yeah, same oh, song. Well. Pam Fields runs out and says, they found a body. They think it's Maya. <laughs> and, you know, we all high five because Maya yeah. sucks. Well, like, way to, like, not bury the lead, Pam. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, all the staging here and the, the shots, this is all straight from the pilot. Like, it's a very interesting mirroring, uh, which basically means that being Emily's girlfriend is dangerous business. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, you don't want Emily to have a crush on you, or else bad things are going to happen. Yeah, so Emily is, is in utter shock. The uh, paramedics slash the coroners, you know, like they bring out the body in a body bag on a stretcher. Melissa Hastings is watching behind the police line. Nice, like, the way the camera pans from the, the moving, you know, body bag up to, to Melissa, who's watching behind the police tape. She's got her hands on her, her big pregnant stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put what we, we guess is Maya in the back of the coroner's van, and Emily breaks down crying as her friends comfort her. She probably tries to stop crying. She cries harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's amazingly parallel to the uh, the pilot. Yeah, the- yeah. It's 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 not, but it, it doesn't feel like a sense of closure. It feels like uh, a repeating of a pattern. Leads oh, and it's like starting over. It's like, did Mona have like something on a timer or something? Like, was this the body bag she was talking about? Like, I remember that when I first watched it, I was like, whoa, did like Mona have something set up that she's going to like take out Maya if uh, it didn't work out? That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So then we get our A tag here. This is uh, in like an asylum. Somebody, a nurse opens up uh, kind of like a cage door to Mona, like sitting on a stretcher. She's wearing like a, like a, like a patient's gown type thing. Mm. Yeah. She looks amazing. Like she's like all fucked up and crazy, but she still looks amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and somebody wearing like a red coat, we'll say approaches Mona. We don't see who this person is. And Mona looks up and says, I did everything you asked me to. Yeah. And then instead of cut to black, cut to red, cut to red. I know that the, the hashtag for this episode was uh, red is the new black. Nice. That was a, that's the theme for season three. Uh, nice. As I've always been saying, red and black are A's colors. Uh, this is a magnificent episode. It's a wonderful episode. Uh, I can't stress enough how much Danielle Parrish kills it in this episode. Yeah, it's like you, n- you never quite knew she had it. Like Mona is always so much fun just being the kind of like obliviously bitchy, ditzy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she just like blew it out of the water in this episode. Well, here's where we where we toot our own horn because mm-hmm. uh, from the moment I first started watching this episode, and you too, we from the pilot we both thought Mona was a. Yeah, and the reason for that, and I'm sure other people came to the same conclusion. We're both like mystery buff type of people, mm-hmm. so I think we both immediately know 
we we pay very close attention to the, to the first episode because we kind of figure this is a mystery show. There's going to be a hint here, like that I can come back to later and, and you know catch on. And the hint is like who's who's the agreed party that's non-obvious, right? You know, and there's just like hey, you know that like there's that Mona character who is like dissed by the liars. And we never really follow up on that, but that's there's a detail, and I can remember like as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, "She's a," Which and I, I never, I never wavered from that, and I was right. The, for, for me, it was yeah, it was the pilot, it was the the sequence right before uh, the flashback where Arya spots her dad making out with Meredith in the back mm-hmm. of the car because we're, they're running away from Mona. Yeah, Mona's then, like, "Wait up, guys!" and they ditch her. And then because you have a long, I mean, you have what was it, almost fifty episodes. Uh, from season one and two that they have to kind of like, like 45 yeah yeah i mean they it's for some reason like during the camp mona sequence i had like a feeling it's mona yet again um especially when towards the end of season two when uh, mona and caleb start making out well i've got i've got a lot of notes here about mona okay so we're gonna we're gonna have some little post episode chat here because we, yeah. we've been waiting to talk about this we've kind of been avoiding bringing up or trying to at least trying to be subtle about all the various different things Mona did. Yeah, uh, if, didn't want to give anything away. If you go back to previous episodes, we certainly we're laying the groundwork because we wanna mm-hmm. we wanna say to you, haha, <laughs> this is the fucking moment when we knew it was Mona yet again. Yeah. So S one D ten Camp Mona. Uh, Mona is basically using A to get the liars to come to her birthday party. And as we've learned, Mona basically wanted friends. This is a, what I love about the Mona A thing is that you really just want to give Mona a big hug. It's like, if these bitches were just nicer to her, none of this would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> All really. she wanted were friends. Yeah. She just happened to be crazy. Uh, but yeah, she, she uses A to get the liars to come to her birthday party. And then in uh, S1E11, when she's meeting Hannah, she's like, I almost feel guilty. Like, I love that line. Cause, yeah, because uh, yeah, she ran over Hannah with her car. Um, and this is also where we get that great story about Hannah and the trampoline and like why Mona admires Hannah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really is. It's not like she secretly hated Hannah the whole time. Like she loves Hannah. Um, but she's crazy about it. Right. Well, so again, if you follow what we've heard on the show so far at this point, a was terrorizing Allison before her disappearance slash death. Then the A game paused and it started up again because the other three girls showed up and basically took Hannah away from, from Mona. Mm-hmm. She snapped and went back to being A. Yeah, season beginning of season two, Mona starts to get real shady. She's like offering like a dark alliance with Lucas right. if, he, if he will lie for her to keep Caleb away. Right. Because uh, she wants Hannah to herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's basically in love with Hannah. Uh, the, the one that they're like locked in for, was it truth up day? Oh, we're getting there. We're getting okay. there. Uh, S2E2, that's where she calls Arya big A, which I love that because I can still hold on to my theory that Arya is like the big A. Right. She says, Hey, big A. And she's talking about how she's gonna get some money to buy a gift for Mr. Fitz. And I love how she plays dumb about like Arya and Mr. Fitz. She's like, Oh, I just figured he knew him better. Cause you were his like, uh, you know, his play show runner person. Yeah. Uh, and, she, and Mona says, I'll shake people down. I love doing that. Which, as we know, of course she does. She's A. Yes, she does. Uh, and when Allie, uh, where do I have here? Oh, I'm sorry. When, when Arya can't help Mona with Hannah, she says, I'll come up with something. It's like, of course you will. You're A. 
Moda was running the fashion show that like turned into like a disaster. Uh, yeah. So obviously by running the fashion show, she could coordinate that. Uh, in S2E10, we find out that Mona can speak French fluently. Mm-hmm. And we, we saw that she started learning French in S1E16. So obviously she is pretty much a genius. You know, she learned to speak French fluently over the course of like a few months. Yeah. In the first secret, Mona gets insulted by Allie. And then later on in like the Catwoman costume, she meets Allie and Allie doesn't know who she is. And Mona's like, oh, you will. <laughs> and this is also where she like makes the acquaintance of Jenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, S2E16. This is where Spencer is talking to Mona about Noel. And she kind of like like gains Mona's admiration. Like I love how Mona like both admires and despises the liars, you know? Yeah. This this is where Mona offers her the cashmere sweater set that Spencer will later find in this episode. Well and and again, she she's not trying to recruit Hannah to the A team. Mm-hmm. She begrudgingly has to admire Spencer's skills and ability. She's trying to recruit Spencer. Yeah. Well and this is also this is the episode where they find the like the the bag of shit that a bought that was in the attic of the, uh, the lake house at Spencer's lake house. It was right. burner phones and a, a pack of gum. Right. So we find out that a choose gum and I didn't write down all the different instances, but there are a lot of times over the two seasons where Mona is chewing gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, yeah, S2E 19, the one like the lock in episode where they're off the school. Mm-hmm. Mona's like, Oh, by the way, I have like unparalleled hacking skills and I can also blackmail people like at a whim. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do some pretty like I mean, mischievous next level shit. If you hadn't caught on to Mona being eight by then, I don't know what. It's like, the, what's wrong with you? The she, groundwork for her being a <laughs> is more firmly laid in this show than most shows do with their surprise mm-hmm. twist ending. Oh, and she also reveals that she can alter her voice, like she had, just has that ability. And I like how she like she wins an apology from Emily in, in this uh, episode. Like, there's a an interesting thing where towards the end of season two, it really seems like Mona is trying to work an endgame where she's going to, like, she's going to set up and frame Melissa as A, and at the same time kind of, like, perhaps stop her A shenanigans and become part of the Liars group. Like, it seems like that's what she wants. Right. Like, because in, in S2E21, she tries to, like, you know, she's she's getting texts from A, like, she sets you know, herself up. Good, great, great way to throw off suspicion here. You know, it's like, oh, I'm getting tortured by A2. I'm part of the group now. Well, that you know? she'd rather, yeah, she'd rather do community service than like ruin, like suffer like Hannah and Ashley. Well, and she like, she very briefly, it's like, oh, she's one of the liars now. She can sit at their table. But then yet she's, she knows because she's A, that they still don't trust her and they still won't tell her everything. Right. And that, that just kind of goes on through the next episodes where, she keeps it's like she's setting like trust tests with the liars and and they keep failing like every every time she tries to be part of the group to hang out with them they keep you know changing the subject whenever she shows up and not telling her about the a shit that's going down yeah and it's not even just because she's a i mean like they're they're pretty uh blatant about it at times Mm -hmm. yeah um and yeah s2e24 you know the episode before the finale here uh, Mona takes her gum out when she goes to kiss Caleb. I like that detail. Like, mm-hmm. if you're paying attention, it's really obvious. Yeah, the, just the whole making out with Caleb thing. It's like this weird, like, single white female thing going on with Hannah, where it's like, I'm gonna make out with your boyfriend, like, through some bizarre plan to smoke out A, even though I'm A. Yeah. Well, and it makes you wonder too. Like, 
had her her gambit in the uh, the room number two in this episode worked, like if she had gotten Spencer to take that bait, well maybe Melissa is the Black Swan slash A. Like, would she have even had to have revealed herself? Well, like in S two E like twenty one or so, I think it's when she is watching the liars and finds out that they now suspect Melissa. And like from then on, it seems like that is her goal is to try to set Melissa up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in S two E 24, she hears like, she didn't know about Brookhaven at all. Like that was a surprise to her that like the liars had gone out and like done their own, uh, you know, work with uh, Jonah and, and Duncan and whatnot to figure out that they need to go to Brookhaven. Mm-hmm. And, Hannah unfortunately mentions that she's going to Brookhaven and like if you if you watch the episode Mona's like wait why are you going to Brookhaven you know because like yeah. this is a detail that A does not know and so with that knowledge he basically sets up the whole red herring of the doll hospital uh, you know paying off the, the lady and her kid to suggest that like very carefully does not suggest that Melissa's A just suggests that it's not Jenna but that it is a you know a, a woman and a man with dark hair like Spencer. So who else could it be? You know, and it's it's a red herring on multiple levels too because the way the kid reads that line, mm-hmm. oh she can see. You find out that out in the exact same episode where you discover that that Jenna's lying about her ability to see yet again. Yeah, um, it's it's such a perfect like tie into to all that stuff. Yeah, and Mona is. Fantastic. Well, very clever. Like she didn't have the kids say, "Oh, it's Melissa," because Mona is all about letting the liars kind of like talk themselves into untruths, you know? Right. Which is how a a con should work. Mm-hmm. It's how Inception works. Um, it's you you just plant the suggestion and you let the person you're manipulating do all the work on their own. Uh, that's how that's how the most clever and most long lasting deceptions work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hilarious how even in this episode, Hannah is just like lying and blowing off Mona. Mona is just being a little too nice about it. Yeah, Mona's like, oh, I'll just help Caleb pick out his outfit. Call me guilty. Yeah. Well, and she's throwing it back at her too. She's being so mm-hmm. cutesy about it, and it's and she's so like not hurt. Look who I ran into. I ran into Caleb. We took a selfie. I've repaired this like divide between you and me and your boyfriend. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sending you a cutesy picture about it. We know you're lying, but you know, we're not going to like give you shit about it. And then yeah. like I've, I've helped him give him this romantic gesture to deliver upon you. Oh, don't worry, bestie. Like, well, at the same time, you almost do wonder if Mona wants to get caught. Like if there's that, that tension as well. Like yeah. she's she's trying to set up Melissa, but also like it's like she can't help help you like guide Spencer along. She she gives Spencer the story that she needs, even though it's probably a lie about meeting Allie and then that whole business with uh you know Vivian Darkbloom and like spying on someone. Like like she can't help herself. She she wants to see if her her plan is gonna work out. You know she she goes as far as leading Spencer to her lair. And then tries to produce the black swan outfit to like misdirect and be like, oh, this must be a. Can uh, you blame her though? Wouldn't she want the credit? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, she is a genius, and I think there's some part of her that wants that credit. And it's when Spencer asked her that gum again, like, like she she suggested the black swan thing, but then Spencer like her brain starts turning, you know, the gears start turning, and she's like, wait a minute, like 
you know, this wouldn't be Melissa because like Melissa wore that like a year ago. Like, why are you why are you suddenly suggesting that Melissa's a, you know, like, hey, let me get that gum again. Because that's kind of weird that there's a gum wrapper here. And that's that's when Mona kind of notes that she gets up. Yeah. And that's just she goes and changes into her a gear. But you're almost like dying to know what would have happened if if Spencer had said, OK, I'll join the A team. Tell me everything. <laughs> what would have happened there? Um, I'm really curious too. Like I haven't looked at the wiki about it, but so like in the books, uh, Mona is the first A. There's like four A's. There's four story arcs. Mona's mm-hmm. the first A, and she dies. Yeah, like, obviously the kinda, show is different from the book. I kind of got the impression though, that there might have been some reshoots here, and that maybe Mona might have died in the show as well. Mm, I don't know I don't about know. that. I don't it, know because. It's something about the way they block out the stuff where she falls down the the cliffside. I feel like just as you're you're shooting the show, like the writers and producers have got to be like, "Holy shit!" Like Janelle Parrish, like we can't get rid of her now. Like, yeah, she's killing it. Well, like we like, what if we send her off to the mental hospital? Mm-hmm. Like, what what if we do that thing? You know, since we talked about like it's not an original trope, but you're seeing that a lot more lately. Whereas the sequence where the villain is now held behind, held captive. And has to like uh, deal with our, our protagonist. This is a little bit bars. different than that trope, but true. And granted, we're talking about stuff from season three, which we haven't gotten to yet. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Mona's. You know, we're, the show is ending, and the season two is ending. But Mona's still very much present. She's still very much tied into the game. She may or may not have been taking orders from somebody, someone in a red coat, someone in a red coat who might be an A, a different A, a big A, a big A, if you will, <laughs> um, a big A. <laughs> it's still a lot of questions i mean like i remember watching this myself when i first watched it and and so anyways i i thought like oh my god like uh like how is this show going to continue you know if they're going to reveal a and and you find out how obviously how it's going to continue but anyway so when i first watched this when it was first on i went out of this episode thinking well if there is a, an uber a there is somebody above mona it's clearly dr sullivan that was my first that guess. was my thought as well first watching this i was like something's up with dr sullivan like she seems like she just magically appears when she needs to be there and yeah and had a really weird reaction to mona still being alive it has but has all the answers you need and mm-hmm. again yeah adrenalized hyper reality that makes no kind of fucking sense i think if you were in an adrenalized hyper reality it would make sense to you apparently mm-hmm. apparently yeah yeah Without getting any spoilers to season three, all I can say is that if you're worried that it like there'll be like a, a drop because uh you know Mona's not a anymore, don't worry, it's still awesome. Yeah, here's your spoiler for season three. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Unmasked. Season with two a, with is a over. Capital A, of course. That is season two. We've I been... think this is uh the highest rated episode of the show, if I'm not mistaken. I don't doubt it. We have been dying to watch and talk about this episode with you <laughs> simona vanderwall what an amazing girl one of our favorite characters who only becomes like more magnificent as the show will progress <laughs> um yeah so good so much fun yeah seriously excellent excellent work all around definitely want to join mona's a team mm-hmm. oh hell yes I wouldn't even be angry about some of the things Mona's done to me. I'd just be generally impressed. I just want one of these girls to give Mona a big hug. I just feel yeah. bad for Mona. It's like, if you bitches would stop lying to her, 
or like you know like ditching her and treating her like crap for like one second well if nothing else like a, like a begrudging high five or a handshake or something and just been mm-hmm. like seriously that was that was amazing like what mm-hmm. you did there was like, <laughs> magnificent how did you how did you accomplish some of that shit i, oh, have I like so many questions i love how she's like secretly a genius but she's been hiding behind this ditzy facade the whole time well, and it, and it plays so wonderfully too in this this episode. Where we're reminded yet again. We've seen it so many times. We're reminded yet again that like there is somebody smarter than Spencer out there, and it's mm-hmm. Melissa. But like maybe just maybe Mona's even smarter than her. I think so. She apparently learned how to speak fluent French in like a few months. Yeah, yeah, and she's been hiding it too. So she doesn't mm-hmm. even have the same kind of ego as Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Spencer has to point out that she's a smart one, whereas Mona has been hiding it and just like lying in wait. Yeah, which is gonna which probably drive Spencer nuts. <laughs> so uh, that is it for season two. Uh, we'll be back for season three, entitled "It Happened That Night," and that night is in quote marks. Mm-hmm. Not sure how I'm gonna put that for our. Well, I do the podcast. I put the whole title in quotes, so hmm, I'll have to take a look at that. Should be interesting. Yeah, it happened that night. Amongst other things, that should be interesting. I'll, I will tell you, it's five months later. Uh, that's the only only hint I'll give about it, uh, season three. Which is, uh, I was going to say, we're, we're just about at the one school year mark at the end mm-hmm. of season two here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back for season three. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.